Welcome everyone you are listening to, perhaps watching Colin the Audible. I'm your host, Ease Del Reese, and I am joined by the Eagle Master Control. Normally, when we're late, it is my fault. How often, like, give it a percentage of times where shows start late, which is my fault. Uh, 80% of the time, it's 100% your fault. Yeah, that's right, that's right. And, and 60% of the time, it works every time. Um, but this time, and, and you know what, I can't even, I can't even blame Eagle. Because when Eagle left Montreal to, to gallivant through Europe, because um, that's what you were doing, nothing serious, um, you left here and it was mid-fall. You returned to the cold depths of winter that arrived some six weeks early. Completely unpredictable, too, because we never get this much snow in early November. Yeah, it, it's been years since we got this much snow in the middle of November. Usually, I, and I remember maybe about three years ago, it, it was the first year I bought my house. Uh, we had Christmas Day, Christmas Eve dinner at our place, and it was 17 degrees. I barbecued. And I drank outside for hours. It was, to this day, my favorite Christmas. I think I now know the true meaning of Christmas. It is drinking outside in warm weather. Um, but, yeah, no, Eagle uh, had to get his tires changed. Uh, which, by the way, safety first. That's yes, and I couldn't even be mad at you, right? Like, because there's no way you could have scheduled it before because you weren't here. I know how hard appointments are to get at this time of year. Well, actually, you know what they did? So I called them. They're like, mm-hmm. our earliest uh, appointment is the 26th. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. I'll take it. And then they call me back and they're going, actually, we're opening up slots at six o'clock on Thursday. Mm-hmm. If you want to come, all we're doing is tire changes. And I'm like, all right, sign me up, fam. Yeah. So that's what I did. Yeah. Um, well, that's it. So like, I couldn't even be mad at you because you're being responsible. You couldn't really have done it any differently. And like, you were th- probably thinking when you left for Europe, well, I'm going to come to Montreal, come back to Montreal now three weeks before I need to put my winter tires on. And that'll be two weeks before we see any snow whatsoever. Yeah, plus, I was like, I'd already did my oil change. I already did all my maintenance. I literally just need to do tires. It'll be quick. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. was not. Perhaps learning to change your own tires is the next step, but I don't see that happening. No, there's no way. <laughs> um, you, you, you didn't get your Disney Plus account yet. I did not. I don't know if I will. Really? Why is that? You're just like a mega hipster and just hateful for no reason? I just I don't watch a lot of like I have Netflix I have Spotify I have Sirius Radio which we you laugh at me for but whatever and I just yeah. don't. Is the only them. person in the world is still paying for radio? Yes, and I don't use it enough to really justify it. So I can see a Disney Plus subscription going the exact same way. Where the first like month I will go ape shit watching everything and mm-hmm. then I will never touch it again. That's fair. That's fair. I own the you other hand. Instantly, I've been so excited for it since it was first announced. Um, I'm also one of these cord cutters, right? So I'm all about paying for subscriptions to things I actually want and will actually use. Um, I, as soon as I saw there was going to be Star Wars content that would be that would be like live action and access to a whole bunch of other stuff, I was like, okay, like sign just just the the live action Star Wars stuff is enough to get my eight dollars a month. Yeah, no problem, it's done. Um, and I woke up first thing in the morning. Downloaded The Mandalorian, spent 39 minutes in the washroom hiding from my wife watching a show on my tablet, and I realized I'm ready for fatherhood because I have the Disney Plus account and I know how to hide from people. That's basically all you need. No other skills are required. That's the only skill. That's the only – listen, I know how I was raised, okay, Eagle? Um, So, yeah, so – and, of course, uh, for those of you interested on hotsawsports.ca, unofficial sister partnership to 
the Flag Plus Football uh, Call in the Audible podcast. There's myself, there's Terry Tam, there's Eagle and Duke. Um, the on our website we have a blog, we have a bunch of different articles, many of them about sports. We do have a review of The Mandalorian in uh, in its first episode. You've been listening to Hot Sauce Sports. I finally waited for you to play that properly and and didn't step all over it, Eagle. Are you proud Thank of you. me? Yes. Let's get. Some We've up. almost learned something. Oh, almost. It only took some fifty weeks. Um, Eagle, let's get into some FPF. You were shocked to see Les Centaur beat Team Ethnic 31-12. I, did you see Is, this coming? So, I, the, the, uh, I, I came off my second last game was against Les Centaur. One of the most fun games I've played in FPF. Completely back and forth. It was awesome. I, I, saw, I saw this game potentially going in Les Centaur's favor because they were better than they had played early on to start the season. You know my my affinity for willpower. You know uh, we've been incredibly um, flattering to Hugo Alamano and Chris Brockwell. Uh, a guy we haven't talked a lot about is Felix Foru. Foru. I am hoping I'm pronouncing it properly. My, I often, until I've heard it said by someone else, my uh, French pronunciations are not amazing. But Felix had a great game. Um, he played either pro or semi-pro ball in France. Is what is reported to me by Simon Dagny. Who in the past has gotten check. details I keep wrong? Making the same mistake. If it's not correct, Felix, please let us know. But uh, that's what I was told. Uh, I've seen the dude play. Dude's awesome. Really intense, but really, really awesome player. Um, and Benoit Lawler had just. It seems he just had an off game because, like, I mean, Listen to our, are a very good offense mm-hmm. and an opportunistic defense. So they're not a shutdown defense. Typically, they're a defense where they're going to win a game by making a play. They'll make a, a pick to seal the game. They'll they'll have that you know a big sack and a big moment. Uh, Chris Brockwell, in, in a very good low division rusher, and or they'll make an interception to sort of change the tide in the game. I didn't see uh, Felix Peru and 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 Will Power. Was it Will Power at the other interception? No, sorry, it was Hugo Alamano at the other interception. That was, was Will Power in this game actually. Will Power played, yeah. Uh, he did, but he got no stats. While he was on rare. defense. Well, he has some stats on defense. He it appears oh, th- wow. It appears though he might have been. I also don't understand how willpower enter- exits a game where he doesn't put up stats on offense. It's it's bizarre to me. It's bizarre to me. But whatever, it worked out. Uh, Jordan Rossi is also a guy. He's going to go to where he likes the matchup. So he probably you know what as hard as to believe. Um, team Athletic may have schemed away um, willpower. But then on the other side of it, it just surprises me that Liz Centaur, again, opportunistic defense, not entirely a shutdown defense, limiting Ben Lawler, who's basically one of the most aggressive, one of the most efficient quarterbacks in Tier 2 all season long, to just 12 points. I find that amazing. We were looking at this for the regular season. This is the lowest number of points that Team Ethnic has scored, right? By so, like double. Yeah. Well, so by half, rather. 34 game one, 53 game two, 32, 41, 25 was the next closest in week five. And then 46, 45, 55. How do you only score 12 points after being so dominant? Like this is Super Bowl 51 all over again, right? Like yeah. You have the two most powerful offenses and they put up 12 well, points. Well, but here the other offense was still prolific, right? So yeah, at least Lysentar did what they had to do. Team Ethnic did not. Lysentar move on, uh, and we'll talk about who they'll play shortly. Um, EZW took on Chocolate Thunder, and 
The Achilles heel all season long was EZW's defense. I don't understand how a team that's this athletic is this bad on defense. It makes no sense to me. They just are. They just are. They just are. And it's it, it's mind-boggling to me, but yet we see it again. Joe Cano, and, and Joe Cano is the epitome of, um, how can I put it? The um, A flag football player? <laughs> well, yeah, no, but, but on top of that, he's like when things are going well, he, he can dominate your team, right? Like, mm. he's a rhythm quarterback. When, if you get him, if you get him stopped early, you get him having to come from behind. That's not really a strength. But here, Nikki Papage, Tim Horner go for four touchdowns and two touchdowns, respectively. Uh, Dad Reedy adds one as well. Seven touchdowns for Cano. Um, and then Jeremy Hoyt on the other side, not quite able to keep pace. And, and like you see the athletes on, on Chocolate Thunder. So you know that they'll be able to get a stop or two. Um, Still impressive, you know, when you look at Jeremy White adding 90 yards on the ground and a touchdown. But at some point, you need to make stops. And uh, and other than the one reception by Jeremy White and a sack by Maxim Boucher-Sier, and, like, that sack, I know I know what that sack is. It's Joe Cano looking, 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 doesn't want to force the ball, take a sack, whatever, we got the lead. And um, that's... That's it. And you see from the first half, 26-19, Chocolate Thunder takes the lead over EZW. That's an impressive win um, just because it's not easy to continuously put up points. And that's the way EZW's won games is they're so good at just running up the score. They're like, um, you know, the offensive side of the Golden State Warriors in past years where you need to score at their pace, and most teams couldn't do that until recently. Um but yeah, that's that's what they were, and 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 the the only thing is EZW didn't have the defense to match that, and and, and unfortunately uh, got them beat in this game. So how does EZW fix? It's not a roster problem, right? It's not. It's not because the athletes are. It's honestly, it's a defense that's bizarrely reactive, where they release guys from a zone and then don't jump to pick up the next thing. They don't read the field on defense. They're like. I'm here. To, I'm in the flat here. I got to cover the flat here, right? Mm. So it's one. It's two things. When you do that, you're susceptible to floods because you send two levels at one person. He has to choose, and it puts them in a bad position. Um, and that's why you know, like you see, the quarterbacks are have been effective against them. That's what. That's they're all flood concept guys, and you know, tier two is good enough that you can't play man all game, which they know. So they ha they haven't done that. They they tried a lot of zone concepts. And one of the things, for example, that, that Jeremy White, White told me was that during the season, he was in infuriated that a lot of times they would just allow deep posts over their head. And then, so they adapted. But often, Eagle, if a, a deep post is coming from one side, you know, quarterbacks will often call a, a deep in coming from the other side mm. and try and see which one the safety is going to jump. Uh, or even from the same side, we have a deep post and a, and a, uh, sorry, a, po a skinny post and a deep in from the outside and see, okay, if he's if he's dropping to pick up the post, or, which is what they started to do, but then it, it allows these massive gaps mm. in the in the um, in the in the in their zones. So it it has to do with a lot of uh, handing off responsibilities. Guys in the flats at times need to abandon their responsibilities because look, you know you got to be willing to give up a seven yard gain if it means negating a fifteen yard catch and then and then a twelve yard run. Yeah, I always say uh, tell my like flat defenders if you have no one in front of you there's and someone. no one to the side of you, there's someone behind you and now you're guarding turf. Right, yeah. you're completely useless. Do something. Go find anyone and cover them at that point. 
but it's it's a communication issue um and i think that's that's it's something that's going to improve over time because it's the same core of guys isn't playing together but it's something they have to absolutely focus on uh isa beat outlaws i said in the last podcast you weren't here eagle but i'm sure you were listening and wonderful geneva um that i thought this was a bad matchup for outlaws it proved to be the case uh, max marini just has so many weapons Shaq Lattimore and Jordan McInnes were the guys we isolated. Mickey Marini just having his connection connection with Max, obviously. Kyle McGuigan. Literally, if we listen back, these are the four guys we said would have an impact. And, and and there's just not all of the athletes to cover uh, everything that ISUP has. And Stephen Harpersaw's a guy, he's going to put up five scores a game, but asking him to put up six or seven makes it more difficult um, on top of that, Shaq Lattimore had the pick six. That was truly the difference uh, in the game. That's what kept the game really out of reach. Um, they put up a fight, though, if you think about it, right? Well, I, well, do because, you think because Outlaws were going to be Harper's this competitive in this game? Sorry? Do you think Outlaws were going to be this competitive? I thought so. I thought I thought it would be score for score, but they would just wouldn't be able to keep up at some point. Um, just because I, I know Stephen Stephen H is always going to put up points. Yeah. Uh, well, ma- if you have Isaiah Lard and Justin Lerner, I mean, you can literally feed them the ball, which is what but he then did on the, here. It, but it, defense on, on defense, it's the thing. Is like, you know, no offense to our colleague Jim Kalatras, he's not the fastest dude, right? Yeah. And and so, uh, yeah, we all know what Isaiah Lard can do on defense from Mass. And, and they're lucky enough that they have Terry Bablis. Do we know if rush. he got the pick as the rusher again? Well, Terry Bablis is the rusher. Okay, team. so no. <laughs> so I d- but still, still, man, having the luxury of having Isaiah Lard in coverage is amazing. Um, Justin Lerner, of course, we know that too, but then, you know, guys that's, like... Yeah, that's where guys the defense like Brandon Kyler, Kyler, Jim is they're, they're very good FPF players. Guys who, man, if you're building a team, they are great players to have on your team. The problem is, is that they're, they're not guys who you can put in every matchup and expect positive results. And I, I know, for example, if GM is lined up across from Jordan McInnes, he's not going to look at that and be like, well, shit. Yeah. You know? like These guys, they know what they are. They, they're very good, solid, contributing players on good teams. Well, like, let's put it this way, right? So Isaiah Lahr, GM Kalethrith, Justin Lerner, uh, Jonathan Svetna, Brandon Kellier, and Babalas is rushing. So let's take those top five. Mm-hmm. And then the five receivers in this game that kind of carried it all up. So Shaq Lattimore, Jordan McInnes, Kyle McGuigan, uh, Mickey Marini, and then Ty Smith, I guess, or Corbin McGee can be the other ones. So who's your matchups here? You put Isaiah with Jordan, Kyle, you well, put the, Justin for the size, with Shaq. You go, uh, you go Isaiah, Isaiah on Jordan, and then Justin Lerner on Shaq Lattimore. Okay, so now you have Kyle and Mickey versus GM and Jonathan Svetna or Kellyer, right? It's not fun. That's not fun. No. It's not fun. Um, and and so Max Marini did what he does, and look, he, he doesn't play a, a very high efficiency brand of football. He takes a lot of chances, but he has athletes that will run under the ball and then make plays for him. And that's well, that's the thing, right? You can got. make those gamble plays if you have guys who are going to bail you out. And exactly. This team is full of ballers. Uh, sadly, François Marte advances. I was about to cheer, but then I realized we're not happy. We're not happy. I said sadly. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure how to react. <laughs> I was very sure. Um, it's so this this is and this is by the way um, three of the four winners were all underdogs in this game, in in these games. Yeah, but underdogs in the okay, so we can talk about this later. But the 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 fall tournament structure is such that your underdog may not actually be an underdog. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's where it gets a little bit interesting, right? If in, in a ten 
10 game season, there's a little bit more of the parity, I guess you can say, in comparing them. In the eight game, plus we do the split to preliminary and qualifying, it's very tricky to get a true understanding of where a team's actually at. So are they really underdogs in this scenario, or is it just the mix and match of the teams? Um, yeah, you're right. You're right. Like, like it, it pulls teams closer together, and we have a smaller sample size to figure things out. And then when we re-rank teams... There's more rematches than I think we bargained for, which... So, let me start with the question. What did you think about the format for fall? Um, I don't mind it. I think that we're... Tr so, we're trying to do something different. We don't yeah. want fall to be just another season. So, we want it to feel more kind of like, you know, a round-robin style tournament and the whole thing. But also, if you sign up and you spend the money you're spending, you don't want to play three games and then get eliminated. Because originally, we had the idea of like a World Cup style mm -hmm. where you end up with your brackets. But then, half the teams advance and the other half, what the hell do they do, right? So, then, okay, we figured out the other year, well, we'll just build like separate tiers and the whole stuff. And that was exploitable because you just bomb the first round and then the second round you kill everyone so we tried this one where it's kind of like a mix and mash of both and i think it worked to some degree i disagree entirely i think this was our worst format you think um maybe not statistically but in terms of fun on the field this was not enjoyable because the games were much closer than yeah, in but previous seasons it also i i don't personally like playing the same team like, okay so when you have 20 teams yeah and you've seen the same team twice. I, I would agree with you on that. I think that was a mistake on our part went from a scheduling perspective yeah. because the priority, and this is something we can yell at Rob and the whole thing. This is something that wasn't communicated to the sched builder application because basically it's automatically scheduled. Mm -hmm. And so... Uh, we didn't say no rematch. Exactly. So we didn't... We put priority and emphasis on schedule preferences and not necessarily matchups. So Which what happened way, was... In a way, it's fine because you, like, you, the schedule preferences for a reason right so you're getting the fields and times you and days you want to play on yeah but we could have put the additional criteria in but skip teams you've already played and it yeah. would have worked and it just that wasn't done and i in hindsight i would have had that like when i found out people were playing twice i was like why did we do this for like yeah. that was silly and it's because we just and, and the other we part didn't of it specified and it happened what i felt is though people and and you know if you're watching live of course you can feel free to to, to, to chime in a lot of feedback I got, Eagle, is people are now thoroughly confused by what fall is because we've changed it so often. <laughs> yeah. um, and well, some podcast hosts are confused about things as well. It's because we're trying to find something neat and fresh and also experimenting with what we can yeah. do. So it's kind of designed to be that way. But you're right. I think, I think this year uh, – and. I will talk directly into the camera. This year, our communication has been pretty shit for this season. Mm. I'm not going to lie. Like, well, finding so your I don't, standing, know, if you, I don't know if you thing. noticed this. The media team has been fairly stripped down for the <laughs> fall. It made it, dif it made it difficult to communicate. And, and it, who coordinates the media, Peas? <laughs> who says the budget for Peas? <laughs> not Peas. <laughs> um, it's something we need to look at in the future um, because while we generate, I feel... I got, I got a lot of positive comments about um, our, our depth of coverage on the podcast and uh, about some of the articles, even though there was fewer, but like they, they really in depth and they, uh, you know, I guess people also expect me to be the clown, which I often am, let's say when I'm with Mo, because Mo's got the depth of knowledge and you don't want two people doing the same thing, right? It's just, it's a less interesting show. So I got, I got a lot of commentary with people being surprised about the, the, um, 
you know the deep coverage and 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 how well we actually analyzed things on on the this FPF Cup show, um, and it made me realize, wow, people think I'm really dumb. <laughs> you know, I've only been doing this for for like six years. You'd figure I'd learn something, right? But um, so I feel like we we got something there. But in general, communication from getting league messages out, uh, I think was weaker, and I think that we just we I well, I think we overcomplicated things in terms of the format in that it's not familiar to people. So maybe if we stick with a, a very similar formula for next time around, it'll help. Um, I also think that, again, the difference of tiebreakers from, se- from season to season. Yeah, that, yeah, that was just a... You oops. need to keep it consistent. Like, yeah. uh, like the tiebreakers we have n- are as we've known them for the last, what, three years that we More changed? that, actually, yeah. Well, no, no, but like, is that yeah, one point? Yeah, we changed them about three years, yeah. Yeah, about three years ago, we there made points n- against instead of points for... If you're going to change them it, for this tournament, it should have been clearly stated as opposed to just, oh, by the way. A- and, and it wasn't clearly communicated to the media team either. Like, it's it's not just players, right? Like, like you know, we did a show where we talked about tiebreakers and we were wrong on the show, yourself and I. And, mm-hmm. like, you'd figure if not every single player knew, the two people here <laughs> should have an idea. So there's things we need to work out, some kinks we need to work out a little bit on the inside. But if you guys have any feedback, you want to talk to us, um, talk to myself, Simon, Rob, GM, Eagle, um, basically any of us. You see us in the field, you send us a message. I, I know I got one from Joe Cano who we just talked about in depth. And I was like, I, I wasn't disagreeing with them, but I said, I, we also can't change the system midway. And look, there's, you know, the system he proposed, it's like, yeah, there's, there's flaws in there too. And you can't base an entire system around one specific experience. But we can take that experience and then say, okay, that was the team's experience. How can we prevent that experience from happening Agreed. For within the system, you know what I mean? And so maybe instead of completely changing what we've done, sort of work on it for next year uh, and maybe do it in like two or three year spans and then if that doesn't work, change it completely. Exactly. You know, you know uh, what uh, Diablos and Tencent Hammocks needs to work on? Um, well, I know Tencent Hammocks needs to work on uh, stop playing cover three apparently because they allowed 34 points to Francois Martin. Well, I was also going to say, I mean, allowing extra points because there's seven of them on 10 attempts this game which yeah. is ridiculous i mean like you hear teams they can't score extra points and then these guys are just like yep that's another one Yep, oh, there's another one here here we go <laughs> um i was talking to kevin wyatt though a while ago and he was saying like because he gets like you know what 90 percent of him or whatever it is but uh he was telling me if you you should aim for 60 70 percent that's except anything under that's not acceptable for converts mm. And I was like, that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> so, I mean, 70% does seem to be the watermark, but, I mean, it's it's uh, it's also true that maybe on defense you should do something differently if, if that's what's happening. Um, Danny Aylward kind of held in check. He got the two touchdowns, but only four catches. And Brandon Aylward forced to use Daniel Guerrero and Sasha Carriero in this game uh, a little bit more than usual. I think they had more catches in this game than they had most of the season. I mean, you say that, though. Joel Tupov gets 14 receptions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean. But he's the snapper. It's hard to it's hard to isolate a snapper. Um, but I think a lot of that comes down to to this Diablos defense. And, and Alex Noel, Alexis Bissett, uh, J.D. Jolly. J.D. Jolly, on, on, he, on offense, he can't, he can't catch a cold in the hospital. But on defense... Very, very tall. He did get two TDs in this game. Yeah. It's it's, surpri- it's impressive. I imagine the scorekeeper made a mistake. It's got to be that. Yeah, it's the only way. 
It's the only way. Um, but, you know, and what's interesting is I thought Matt Lepage was going to do some serious damage to François Martin, but it hasn't been consistent. He's had games he's done very well, but there's been a lot of these kind of stat lines. It's three for 29. And credit to him, by the way, because it's never he never looks aggravated that he's not getting the ball. He, I've learned about Matt Lepage after not ever playing against him, not ever playing with him. I learned this season, which is the cool thing about Fall Cup, by the way. I find it cool that you get to play against different guys, you get to play with different guys. It's super fun. Um, but what I like about Matt Lepage is he he seems to be just the ultimate teammate. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He just seems to be just having uh, a good time out there, and and it's really, it's really, really, really been impressive. Uh, but Tencent Hammocks, I'm surprised by this. This is you were saying that the other scores shocked you. This one is the one I thought. Um, I thought that the JT system would have had it, and I thought they were smart enough defensively to take away what what Francois Martin does. Turns out they're dumb defensively. I think yeah, just it was more the like this is a, is a close game, right? You can say, oh yeah, you know, came down to the wire or one possession. The other game was just complete exact opposite of what you expected like entirely different like you expected if anything 40 points for team ethnic and like maybe 24 on todd and it was nowhere near that so yeah and we'll move on to tier one yes Eagle. so uh junkyard dog is lightweight speaking of tie-breaking rules uh we got a playing game which i've been abdicating for by the way every time rob says is there anything we can do and i always say playing games because they're fun they add atmosphere like my favorite thing that MLB has ever done is included that play-in game for the for the playoffs. It's, it, it's good. It's fun to watch. It's honestly. so much fun. Then Rob instantly turns to me every time and says, "Can we do something that doesn't cost more money?" Because literally every suggestion I have costs more money. So, um, the thing is, this year it led to the, the, because of the miscommunication. It led to the first ever play-in game that I, I remember in FPF. I don't think we've had any before that. Yeah, you're right. And Lightweight took on Junkyard Dogs. And it was kind of like, so Simo's had some spotty history against Junkyard Dogs. But this is like, so this is not one we're going to we're gonna discuss two, two, two types of Simo and Dagenet. There's good Simo and bad Simo. 20 for thir- 22 for 30, 264, seven touchdowns, zero interceptions. That's good Simo. That's about as good Simo as you'll see. Um, and he must have been frustrated because uh, Jason Rossi put up six touchdowns himself the defense really just couldn't get uh simo back they couldn't keep couldn't keep jason rossi off the field um isaiah lard had the, had the big sack but and Ed Lee had the one interception that proved to be the difference in the game um i gotta give a lot of credit to jason rossi i thought junkyard dogs were going to be outmatched all season long and they went up against a fairly stacked lightweight team and lightweight you say okay well the team's stacked but you know, if Simon has a bad game and turns the ball over, it gives you a chance. Mm. This was as good as Simon could play, and he had to play that that well to beat Junkyard Dogs. And kudos to Simon. I mean, that's not every game you're going to get that. But exactly, if you're doing what you can, and it's just one of those games that doesn't work out in your favor, you can go home saying, well, you know, we played well, and it just it didn't work out for us, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think I think it's honestly a, a positive season for them. It's it's really something to build on. I've been a big fan uh, for a long time, uh, but then, interestingly, the same night, one hour later, exactly after the game, which I I feel adds to the fun. Oh no, wait, sorry, my mistake. I'm misreading the schedule. I don't understand why the um, 
why the the playing game was not immediately before the playoff game. I guess only because you don't want to have someone have a double header like that. I mean, yeah, but it's, it's fun. It's yeah, but also fun. like imagine if someone can't make that game and now they can't make two games. Yeah, it sucks. Or it's hard to plan for two games if you don't know there's a second one. I just didn't. Well, but you know, like you know, even, we can even advance from an opponent perspective. I mean, it's cool or whatever, but it's nice to know who you're playing against so you can game plan. Yeah, but you 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 get to show up an hour early and watch them. You get to take the field fresh while yeah. the other team's been running nonstop. Um, like like in that game, Justin Lerner had eight catches. It been awesome to see him have to run out against all hooks and run with those guys. You know mm. what I mean? So I thought that would have been cool. Uh, but instead, uh, we saw it taking place roughly at the same time. STL taking on Erzans Mizik. STL proving what everyone's pretty much been saying, that they're largely the uh, probably the best all-around team in uh, the tournament. Dylan Taylor, clean game. And it's it's the guys you expect to 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 have the biggest impact. Jamie Ojea, Zach Swern, um, and then Gab Wiseman adds on to the scoring as well, uh, as well as Paul Pierre. Although Paul Pierre only limited to two catches in this game. Although when you look at the efficiency, it appears as though it's just he wasn't needed so much. Um, and then on the other side, uh, Justice P did. Okay, except he didn't. Fu- he didn't really move the ball. I mean, no, he didn't really do okay. No, I mean, I mean like he scored four times, right? Yeah, but it's not an awful game. It's not enough to win in the playoffs. Exactly. Yeah, the single turnover that's okay too. Uh, but you're not going to beat STL putting up 27 points. Never. Not not in a playoff game. Um, and and I didn't think I felt the roster inconsistency issues was going to hurt them. You look at this 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 game here. Julien Bellavance not being there, missing so many games this season. Julien Bellavance is is one of the underrated defenders on this team. I feel that that could have helped. Um, instead, Dylan Taylor basically got to do what he wanted, and STL moves on. And we'll talk a little bit about uh, who's facing who when when we have that. But we won't make any picks or analysis. We'll save that for next week's show. Yeah, exactly. We don't need to do so. Tier one, the finals are the twenty fifth, if I'm not mistaken. The twenty seventh uh, of November. Sure. I'm looking at it. It's the week of. So it's the week of 20, uh, 25th and 27th. There's two days. It makes a difference for me because I am in Atlanta the 27th. Oh, yeah. That does make a difference then. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, Braves, you beat Vinny's Huffman. It was close for a, while, a little while. Um, but then it just it just got away. And then and then at that point, Vinny's Huffman, to their credit, kind of had fun with the end of it. Uh Terry Tam I mean, got the they got outscored twenty two six in the second half. I mean, yeah, the only thing you can do is have fun. At yeah, that like, point. like especially the very you know at the end of the game where there's like you know three or four minutes left, you know you can't make up the difference. Um, Vinny Galano a clean game and that he didn't turn the ball over, but again having trouble moving the ball against Braves. You, um, what I liked was uh, at one point we have a picture of this, although. Uh, we're not. I don't think it's gonna be get put out anytime soon. But I believe it was Lorian Beauchamp knocked mm-hmm. a ball out of Terry Tam's hands, and Terry, thinking it was JD Jolie, kind of not JD, sorry, JD uh, Chevalier, put her in a headlock, and Mike Pearson was just celebrating and like yelling in his face. It was awesome. It's a great picture, uh, but it just looks kind of stupid now that it's not JD Jolie in a headlock. It looks like, you know, it looks like Terry's going to prison for a long time. So luckily, that's not what happened, and the picture, the picture, unfortunately, mistells the tale. Uh, it was just, it was just something done in fun and good times. Um, but yeah, George Gary P, just a monster in this game. Joe Mayu did did essentially everything he expected him to. Um, 
And other than Marco Bertoldi, you know, make, being a constant target for Vinny Galano, no one else really made plays for uh, Vinny's Huffman. I the pause is because I found it. <laughs> you found the picture. Oh yeah, there we go. So there we go. There. Yeah, <laughs> it's more lighthearted than it seems. It looks like Terry's throwing a woman out of bounds while Mark, Mike Pearson is yelling at him to stop. <laughs> that's not the thing that's happening. Mike Pearson was celebrating uh, the play, and and Terry was just sort of fooling around. It would be nice if he smiled at least in the picture. <laughs> Even his hair isn't good. I mean, I know it's so the many first things time wrong ever with his hair has not been good in, in a picture, by the way. Um, but yeah, like you see, guys like Justin Blanchard who made um, who made consistent uh, plays for Vinny Galano all season long, uh, limited to a single catch, and you know that's the thing is they recognize the athleticism on the other side. And no offense to Justin Blanchard, but Braves, you have the dogs to to to, to Deal with that, and Vinny Galano was not a guy who's going to take chances, and and that's what Braves you capitalized on. And last game of Tier One, we have BYOB versus Two HD. What do you think of this one, Peace? Um, I'm I'm disappointed. I'm just I, I mean I'm not entirely surprised because I love BYOB's record didn't reflect how good they were all season long. Matt Rene has shown something, and he's sh- he, honestly keep this group together as much as you can, my dude, because uh, you're just surrounded by good people, and and I feel like he's so talented that he just deserves to be around guys who can support that talent, help them execute, and are less concerned with themselves, because that's the kind of player Matt Rene was playing with before. If you know what I'm talking about, you know who I'm referring to. You know the people I'm referring to. Uh, but honestly, you know, he's the kind of guy I think that just everyone responds to different things, right? And some people handle, um, you know, guys in their face and, and calling for the ball. You know, as great as Kevin Wyeth is, I think his one of his greatest attributes is patience in the huddle, controlling the huddle. It seems as though Matt Rene. Um, Never, ne- never necessarily had to do it in his tackle experience. It just sort of came with the position where in FPF he didn't have the same acclaim, and for that reason he had all the talents in the world around him. And unfortunately, um, the people that he was playing with him were concerned about getting their own. Um, and I f- look at the guys on BYOD: Stephen Osman, Matt Lepage, Laurent Foucault, guys who are fantastic players, but but even just good team players from what I've seen. I'm not in the huddles. I'm just looking at body language when I watch them play now and when I've seen uh, Matt Renee's teams play before. Um, and I, I'm I'm surprised Joey Taylor didn't put up more of a fight. And so just, I was going to say, does this hurt his legacy? Does this make us look like fools for putting I, him in the Hall of Fame? A single game can't hurt your legacy. And, and it, I don't think it does because what I've always said, Eagle, is the FPF Hall of Fame is a museum of history for all of Fly Plus Football. It's not who were the best players in Division One. Then he would not be in that on that list. He absolutely has had an impact in FPF, and he's done th- he's done so impressively. I love this team. I love this two and a half dance team. I think this is a team that can they can improve upon. Uh, maybe add. I think they need a game breaker. They don't have a Matt Lepage. They don't have a Laurent Foucault necessarily. Um, they have a lot of really good, like you know, Danny Demore, Don Benevento, Danny Elward, guys who are just awesomely talented and, and are very good contributors. But they don't have 
that absolute game breaker that really takes him to the next level, I think. Before we get to my favorite segment, I just want to read out a comment that we got on Facebook Live from JD Jolly saying he, uh, he has an idea for a better podcast. More eagle, less peas. I have an eagle uh, for uh, for you to shut the hell up forever. <laughs> I have an idea for your wife. She should leave you. Join the podcast with me. I have an idea for the next segment. <laughs> it's Games of the Week. Um, JD, I love you, bro. You know, I'm just kidding around. Uh, we'll start with tier one, and you have like a not a recap, but a preview of these games in your article. Uh, no, we did a preview on last week's show. Okay, perfect. Of the games that are not yet played. Okay. So I want to get, well, we don't do games of the week because I already picked the games. Let's so, pick them again. So you're gonna pick the games. All right, perfect. <laughs> so want me to read them to you? Yes. Tier so three. Tier one. Oh no, it, the internet's so slow. It's it, gonna suck. All no, hooks. No, no, I'm reading it to you. <laughs> shut up. You shut your face. <laughs> All hooks, lightweight. I'm gonna go all hooks. Uh, as much as it's gonna be a close one, I actually, if Simon performs the way he did and the whole team plays the same way they did for the the play-in game, it might be close. But I still think all hooks is a better team overall. I, d- I think so as well. But th- well, actually, I didn't pick this game. I didn't pick this game uh, because we didn't know who was gonna play against lightweight oh, yeah. uh, against uh, against all hooks. Um, I think all hooks suffer a little bit of what EZW does, the lower division team, that the defense really hasn't come together yet. And I think Simon is has enough FPF knowledge and enough talent to take advantage of that. He's going to have to score every drive. But if he's good Simon, he's going to do that. And I think we're going to see that. I think we're going to see Simon in the bowl game. Look at me lightweight. Alright. Uh, tier 2. Shut up! <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> tier 2. We have Bruins against my condolences. Do this is a tough one because I like both rosters. Mm-hmm. I feel like I should go with my condolences because I don't know. That's the thing. I'm, mm. I'm trying to think of the excellent matchup. analysis. No, I'm JD, to... this is what you want. I'm trying to think. Of Why the is that Eagle? I don't know. Thank you for your analysis. Simon part two. No, it's because I'm trying to think of the matchups, right? Because you're going to have Jeremy Anderson going up against, uh, well, I guess Ryan Arita is not rushing for this team, right? He's in coverage with the Bruins. So Anderson's going to have Rosenblatt. He's going to have, who's going to be matched up against like who Zach Zwern, maybe Nelson Pereira, maybe uh, get Poisson, maybe there's going to be a lot of good matchups on that front. And then even for uh, the uh, the rest of the team, Ben McMahon, Kendall Myers, I mean, Travis Moses, this this roster for condolences should be winning a ton of games. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I want to pick my condolences, but I, I don't know. I think it's going to be tight. I'll go with my condolences, but I'm, I'm a little bit concerned. The Prince of the Rive Sud, Red Raiders. Uh, for this one, I think I'm going to go with Red Raiders. Uh, Mike Roy has been pretty dominant this season. Um, it's the usual ensemble of his He is team. not watching the podcast because he's taking a break from Facebook. But he just posted that he's looking for a team. Very confused. Very confused. Um, and, and Maybe his break was one day. Yeah, seriously. And on the side of play that I leave, I think Marc Antoine Vienne is still learning how to play quarterback. He did mm. great this season. I mean, from a stats perspective, only two INTs, which is awesome. But I think come a playoff game, the the pressure and all that stuff, and having to deal with it, I'm a little bit more confident in what uh, what Mike can do. So I'm going Red Raiders. Okay, let's move on to tier three, threat level midnight, Honey Martin. I'm gonna go Honey Martin. Um, I think Threat Level Midnight is good, but not great, even though they have the higher seed. I, I trust Honey Martin more. 
right, that's that's solid. That's solid. Give give me rogues and les ogis. Uh, I played Lithogies. Uh, I did not play Rogues. Uh, I like Rogues in this matchup. I think OGs, they have a lot of speed and agility, um, but I think they are exploitable. Uh, part of my swag, replacements. Uh, part of my swag. Yeah, sorry. Because? Replacements. I, I don't just think better. replacements are a good team. No, sorry, guys. Well, I just think <laughs> they're out of their element. Yeah. You know, the, one of the issues is... Uh, with the, with the fall cup, it's not a lot of teams, so the the gap between teams is a little bit greater. That said, replacements have been on a run rate recently, so we'll see. Uh, llamas pajamas against lockdown. Uh, llamas pajamas by seventy eight. By seventy eight. Uh, I'm the reverse you. I always pick against my team by a landslide. Well, I always pick against my team by choosing myself as quarterback. That is fair. Uh, voodoo against los bandidos. I'm going to go Voodoo. I just I don't see Los Bandidos as the dominant force that they were, and I think uh, Voodoo is doing really well. Um, the connection between Frank Kay and uh, Etienne Vaillancourt, between Patrick Fetamont, is there. Ryan Phillips is back this season, and uh, Martin Bajaran is still a deadly center. So I feel like this one over here is going to be a pretty solid victory by Voodoo. Apparently, we have another comment. There is? Yeah. Okay, I'll go check it. In the meantime, I'll, I'll tell you what game it is, so you can you have a chance to think about it. It's uh, Johnny Fireball against Chocolate Barracudas. Um, I don't no, read the comment first. I have to find it. Hold on. Jesus, this is what you want, JD. This is what you want. I don't have the comments in. What front kind of, me. of producer is this? What would Jesus? You want? One I'm, job. See, now I'm doing the analysis, <laughs> and you're doing the because I did the analysis, and this is what week. happens. This is what I get. I get no support. I got to do it myself. Oh, no more eagle. Rob, we need more media books. I just saw it. I just saw it. What do you say? Scratch that. No more eagle. Cute, cute. <laughs> um, I'm going to pick Chocolate Barracudas. They've surprised me this entire season. Um, I think. Yes, uh, actually, yeah. Sony Elias has really stepped in as QB. I mean, who needs there's, there's nothing in his FPF history that shows you that he would have been this quarterback at any point. Yep. So, congrats, man. Keep doing, the, keep doing the good work. Now, that being said, the second half of the season, he's thrown seven. I, like, he, the first... Uh, yeah, the, I'm saying, like, just the way he started the season was, was super impressive. Second half of the season, okay, not as good, but still, still effective. It's still, it's still way better, yeah. yeah. Like, going 20 TDs to one INT to then going to 14 and seven is a very big difference, on obviously. The whole, on, the, on the whole. On the whole, it was a good season. But I, I, I feel like they'll win this game. Um, in the finals, we'll, be, we'll have another conversation around it, but I think this game, they'll, they'll walk away with it. All right. That's it. That was Games of the Week. All right. Thank you, Eagle. Thank you, Pete. Thanks for the new Glad work. To be back. Thanks, J.D. Jolly, for watching live. <laughs> Thank you for whoever else is tuning in live or listening later on on any streaming platform uh, or watching on YouTube. But most of all, thank you all for letting me be myself. If you weren't yourself, who would you be? Hmm. I'd say Abraham Lincoln, but I need that like I need a hole in the head. But like the vampire hunter one, or actually, yes, <laughs> that's way better. I was gonna get mad at you for trampling <laughs> the joke, but yeah, G give me the vampire hunter. <laughs>